0: everyone it's megan with sawgrass and you're listening to ink differently the sawgrass business podcast i'm joined today by sarah hurley sarah thanks so much for coming on the show thank you for having me i'm excited to be here so you are a unique guest uh because you are the first person i've had on the show who is from a different country uh, you are stationed I'm in. Yeah, yes. Yeah, so you are in the UK, um, and I think it's safe to say that you are an influencer um, in in the UK, and you're starting to cross borders.
1: That's right. So my business has grown quite a lot, and a couple of years ago we launched a US office, and just over well, around half my business now is in the US and branching out to Canada a little bit as well. Wow. So
0: you will be featured in our creative studio Uh, for those of you who don't know if you are a premium member of creative studio we are starting to add artists um, and designers to our creative studio um, under their own names so you will be one of our featured artists that people will have access to your designs um so tell us a little bit about your design style
1: So uh, for me, because I come into it as, um, you know, someone who designs my own product, I work a lot in licensing and I work a lot in retail and homeware and things like that. I always go for things that are very um, commercial, I guess. But also, I like to stay on top of trends, I love bright and pretty colours. And um, you'll find quite a lot of humour, I guess, being from the UK, a lot of sarcasm and... um, and a lot of humor so yeah hopefully you guys like that <laughs> i personally
0: love sarcasm and humor so i'm very excited to see what designs uh you, you come out with and I'm, I'm sure a lot of people will love them as well Good. Yeah, um so you, like i said before you you have your own business and you're an influencer um so tell us a little bit about how your business got started because what some people might not realize is that when you look up Sarah Hurley online, you wear a lot of hats. It's not just you know designing under Sarah Hurley. You have several other businesses under your umbrella.
1: Absolutely. So um, I started my business ten years ago now, um, and it was a really like it was a, a bad time in the UK. We were going for a recession and. Um, I was down to like my last $50, and it was wow. really yeah, a really tough time. Wow. And I thought to myself, you know, what can I do? I, I wanted to do a little bit of illustration, and it sort of blew up. And I got into licensing very early on. I worked with um, a TV shopping channel here in the UK to design product. Um, and then that quickly got picked up by some retailers. And so it really went from strength to strength. And now my business has gone from what I thought would be me quietly drawing pictures to an international team um to uh you know as i said we're in retail and homeware and publishing and tv production and tv and lots of spaces but everything that i'm really excited about and really passionate about so i just love to to share what i've learned along the way because it's been a journey
0: so are you able to talk about what retailers you've worked with and what stores people can find your products in
1: so um, at the moment, my I'm trying to think actually, um, my products can be found a lot online and I try to update collections. Uh, my products have been in uh, in the US, they've been in Target and Walmart, so you will have seen things there. They've been in, um, I believe they've been in Joann's as mm-hmm. well, um, which I love, so that's great. <laughs> um, <laughs> over here in the UK, they've been in Selfridges and Paper Chase and I don't know if you guys have heard of those. Um, So yeah, quite a a number, and obviously lots of little independents and things like that as well. So I've worked on quite a few exclusive collections, I've worked with most of the TV shopping channels, so a lot, yeah.
0: Wow, so like I said before on your website, you you go on there and you have a bunch of smaller businesses under different names that you design under, what was the choice behind that? Why not do everything under just the Sarah Hurley name?
1: So until very recently, everything was completely under the Sarah Hurley name, mm. and I had a couple of brands that I'd done for specific licensing projects. Um, like uh, there's one called Spook Street, which is a line of books, and it's been made into an animated TV series. What? So that was obvious. yeah, it's really exciting. That's so um, cool. So that was, I know. I'm so I'm, honestly, I'm so so excited about this project. Um. But until recently, most of my stuff was under the Sarah Hurley name and it was only really in the last sort of year to 18 months that I separated everything out because the business has become so diverse Mm -hmm. and I think it sort of become a little bit misleading that everyone thought everything was me and there's actually this team behind me that do so much and by separating things out, I was able to delegate things into those teams much easier and go, right so. You guys are looking after the retail side. You guys are looking after the gift side and actually get those things moving and it's streamlined the business and just made it so much more efficient. You know, we're all still learning every day. I haven't, even 10 years later, I've not got it perfect, but I'm getting there every day. So it's good.
0: Wow. I mean, you you truly do have a team behind you. So, you know, when did you realize that you were getting so big that you needed to bring on help?
1: It was about three years in and I woke up one morning with the imprint of my keyboard on my face and I thought, yep, (laughs) it's time.
0: (laughs) So as somebody who has this big brand name that's now crossing borders, how is it giving up that creative control? Because I know a lot of designers, um, they have a hard time giving up their designs for other people to use. Um, so, so how is it giving that up, not giving it up, but delegating somebody else to take charge under your name?
1: So, um, there's two elements to that. I mean, I still design every product and every brand I design. Okay. So my team do all the behind the scenes work in rolling that out, Mm -hmm. but I set, I set every brand structure. I design everything. I draw everything by hand. So none of that is, is anyone else. That is all me Mm -hmm. in terms of licensing out. I just love to share I've licensed into the craft market for for many years and love seeing what people make with my designs and um, licensing into other areas I just it's it's such a thrill for me to like see what other people do and how they interpret what I've done and I just love to share and also I really love encouraging other people to start their own ventures you know I got I got myself from you know the breadline to where I am today to a global business which is amazing and I love to encourage other people to do it and I've mentored um, businesses and entrepreneurs and continue to do that and I just love to encourage that because I think it's so important to you know to take control of your own happiness and your own version of success and get out there and do things
0: That's such a great message for a lot of people, especially right now during COVID. You know, you said that the recession came, you're down to your last $50, you started this. A lot of people are in a similar position right now where COVID hit, they're looking for an extra way to make money. So how have you, having birthed this business during a recession, how have you handled COVID?
1: It's been a massive change and at first it completely threw me because I am used to, you know, every six weeks or so, I would be on a plane. I would be somewhere, I'd, generally the U.S., occasionally into Europe. And so it was a complete full stop for me. It was like, bang, that's it. You can't go anywhere. You can't. And I was like, so how do I run my business? How do I see my clients? How do I get my work out there if I'm not at a trade show? How do I do all these things? But actually, it, because I stopped and I got off that treadmill for a little bit, It made me stop and take a look at the business and go, actually, I'm not enjoying that part anymore, so that needs to go, but I'm loving this, so we're going to grow this, and we are going to restructure and streamline and do things differently and create change in that business. And change is always uncomfortable, but it's so important. And like I said earlier, every day is a learning day, and it's so important to embrace that, embrace that change, and keep creating that vision for yourself. If you're not enjoying it anymore, stop, do something else, move on, transition into something else. Mm -hmm. That's just so important.
0: I like that. Passion really does drive businesses, specifically ones like this, these crafting where you're putting so much of yourself into products.
1: Absolutely, (laughs) yeah, but it's so exciting to take – Things. And that's what I'm really excited about working with you guys is just to see how people are going to take my things and make it their own and make their own businesses out of it, and I'm just super excited to see how that journey pans out with you guys. It's going to be amazing. I'm so
0: I'm happy you're excited because we are excited to have you on board. Um, and I like how you talked about people taking your designs, using them, making a business out of it. As you know, when it comes to sublimation specifically here at Sawgrass. We push for personalization. So, yeah. how are you changing your designs to make it so that people can personalize them?
1: Well, actually, I've done that in. You know, I have a personalized gift um, brand, and oh, I right. have a production team here in the UK. So I've designed, I've worked with Sawgrass technology and designed, to, you know, for use with Sawgrass for many years now. Mm-hmm. So I feel like I'm I'm sort of geared up for this and I know what I'm doing now and I just want to share that and give other people the chance to do what I've done and use, you know, my, my designs with your technology to create their own businesses and to make them unique. So everything that I design for you guys will have an element of personalization, will be able to be used... Um, to to do that, so I'm really excited to see how that works.
0: That's awesome. I'm I'm excited to see what, what you what you give us. Um, I want to talk about your relationship with the Creative Industry Association in the in the UK. Can you, for those of you, for people who don't know, maybe who aren't in the UK or aren't in the crafting realm of the UK, what exactly is that?
1: So the Creative Industry Association uh, was previously part of AFCI, which is the Global Crafting um, Trade Association. So I was a board director for them for around five years. And then the UK become independent and we become the Creative Industry Association. Um, And it supports many, not just craft, but any kind of creative business. So, you know, your small entrepreneurs and, you know, single person businesses right up to multi-million pound companies and brands and um, I've, I've now working as an advisor uh, with Craig here who heads it up in the UK and again my role is literally about trying to help encourage those those businesses and I do lots of mentoring and sitting on panels listening to people pitch business ideas and trying to help them refine them or introduce them to the right people to get their products or their ideas out there
0: well
1: I just want to know when you sleep do you have time for anything? <laughs> <laughs> well, it's actually my that's my secret. I'll be honest with you. I only sleep like four or five hours a night. so right, I wouldn't be able to function. <laughs> <laughs> it's my secret. It's amazing. The only time I sleep is on a plane, so it's been a while. So really, you haven't slept in a year. <laughs> Not really, no.
0: <laughs> so you're on the Creative Industry Association board. You took a small business that you started, you made it into a uh, very large business spanning borders. Now you're taking other small businesses under your wing. How do you generally go about doing that? What kind of advice do you give those people? What level of, I guess, hand-holding do you do? Can you just explain how you go about helping other people become successful?
1: Sure. So um, for me, I mean, when I first started out, Craig, who runs the association now, was very helpful for me, just as a person outside of my business to look in and to give advice. And I think we all need that sometimes. Is someone, you know, you're you're caught up in the day to day sometimes, and having someone outside look in, and a lot of it is common sense, really. Um, and I do a lot of listening because I think that's important. And often it's between the lines what you find out between the lies of what people's concerns are and what they're struggling with. And um, so some of it, I, I think some of it is just about being honest. And sometimes that can be, it's difficult to be honest with someone and just go like, that's not great, but maybe you should try this, you know, and and that has to happen at times. Um, but And people are passionate about their businesses. So it's a difficult thing and it can range anything from giving advice to, um, you know, there, there's, strange and crazy things that i've seen that with you know anything from like dangerous products through to just brand names that haven't been thought about where i've had to go hang on a minute but there's also a lot of amazing little gems that i've seen and i've been like why are you not doing this why are you not doing more of this and encouraging people just to come out of their shell and have that confidence to just go for it because there's never a perfect time you just have to do it um, and I think it's just boosting people and giving them that confidence to go for it and believe in themselves and just knowing that they can call on you along the way to go am I doing this okay am I doing this right I mean every now and then I will still watch like an illustration process video on YouTube just to sort of convince myself that I'm doing it right I've been doing it for years I know what I'm doing but every now and then I'm just like but do I do it like like he does it I need to watch and just convince myself that that's okay or like a cooking video am I am I doing that right <laughs> um so it's just a lot of not so much hand-holding but just guidance and listening and trying to see through where the actual issues are and give people the confidence to break down those issues on their own and get through it because business isn't an easy thing but it is very rewarding when you get it right you had mentioned that you were down
0: to your your last 50 pounds were you a crafter before that or were you just doing strictly illustrations? Um
1: <laughs> I actually trained to be a lawyer. Really? Um, so Yeah, I was training to be a lawyer and I was working in marketing. And I'd always wait, wait, hold on. Things. You're trained
0: to be a lawyer. You were working in yeah. marketing.
1: You end up in crafting. You got like
0: three different personalities working here.
1: <laughs> so I was sort of paying my way through uh, my degree, my law degree um, with a with a marketing job. And I and I fe- I was pretty good at it. Um, and then um, I've always made things and drawn just for fun, just as a hobby. Mm-hmm. And I like doing it. And then when um, the recession hit, and I lost my marketing job, and I was, I didn't, I knew at that point, I felt like I'd failed because I'd come to the end of my my legal training, and I realized I didn't want to be a lawyer. I really oh. didn't like it, and I didn't want to do it. I found it so fascinating, but I knew I couldn't do it for a job. And I'd lost my marketing job, and every other job that I went for had like three or four hundred applicants, and I'd got to that point where I felt like I'd failed on so many levels, and I thought, you know what? I'm going to try something that I'm good at because I failed at all these things that I didn't want to do anyway. So that's when I thought, well, I'm going to, I'm just going to try this and see what have I had nothing left to lose. And that's often what people don't see is when you are at the bottom and you've got nothing left to lose, it's your most powerful position because you've got no, nowhere to go. So great, go for it, you know, go for anything. Um, and that's exactly what I did. That is, I, I love that story. So did you start out in
0: sublimation or vinyl? Like what craft media did you start off in that then grew into everything you're doing now?
1: So I started off with illustration that was put onto craft products and printables to start with. So with the TV shopping, I was um, four weeks after s- deciding to do this. I was on live TV, by the way.
0: What? Uh, on a TV. Whoa, <laughs> exactly. whoa, 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 whoa. How did that grow so fast?
1: So I, I sent some illustrations to a craft shopping channel here in the UK and said to them, do you know anyone that's looking for a designer? They rung me literally the next day, first thing in the morning, and went, don't show those to anyone else. You need to come and see us. And I was like, whoa. And that's what I spent my, my $50 on was a train ticket to go and see them. And they no. said to me yeah that's what i spent it on and they said to me can you do like a printable craft product on a on a it was a cd at the time not a usb um and i was like sure i know everything not a problem completely bluffed it i was like wow um and so four weeks later i was on live tv presenting the sarah hurley craft brand show mm. and selling my product so it wow. was crazy yeah that is that incredible. It it was, honestly, it's been, like I said, a crazy ride. That grew into um, greeting cards just because they were cheap to produce. So I thought greeting cards is the way forward. Um, And then I got into sublimation about five years into it, so about half my journey. Um, I started with um, vinyl and things like that first um, just because I had a relationship with um, Silhouette. So it was, you know, that was an easy thing that I already knew about. Um, And then I... Sort of invest, you know. I saw these people printing mugs. And I thought, yeah, I want to do that. And I looked into it and found sawgrass, and I've been using that ever since.
0: That, your story, just every, every, the more we talk, the better your story gets. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. So you said that, you know, marketing fell through, being a lawyer fell through, you felt like a failure. By the way, yeah. you are definitely not. But I do <laughs> want to talk about failure because, I mean, You start this business within four weeks. You are on TV, but I'm sure that along the way, there were trial and errors that um, helped you grow. Can you talk about some of those? I think a lot of people, they're afraid of failure, which is why they don't take that jump that you took. So can you talk about some some of the trials that you went through that just ended up not working?
1: So the trick is to fail fast and fail small. So don't do anything that you can't afford to lose basically. <laughs> um, and, and get it done as quickly as possible because then you know exactly what doesn't work and you can move on to what does. So the trick is not to not fail. It's not to get bogged down by failure. Don't let it, you know, let it visit, but don't let it stay. Oh, I um, like
0: I love it. that. <laughs>
1: <laughs> so, um, yeah, there's lots of things. There's products that you know, it didn't work out as planned. There's things that, you know, there was a product I designed a couple of years ago that was like these artificial flowers in a box with a message on it. looked absolutely beautiful. And I gave no thought to the fact that it takes seven days for the silicone that was holding them in place to dry. Oh. So I had all these boxes everywhere. The whole office was taken up. None of them were drying. They were all late. And it was just awful, you know. And I had to say to customers, like, you are getting them, but they're going to be a bit late because I just didn't take that into account. Um, and after we had done that first batch, we've never done any more of those. <laughs> so that's a craft project and not, that's where a craft project shouldn't be scaled up into a commercial product. Um, so yeah, there's lots of those kind of trial and error things along the way. You know, I tried um, vinyl cut baubles a few years ago, but they just take so long to get right and smooth out all the creases and all of that. And I got something like 50 orders in the first hour and was like, Whoa! Oh no. So, um, yeah. So it, it is all trial and error and you just have to kind of, keep communicating through you know, tell your, be honest with your customers and just go, look, I'm so sorry. And also now I would not put out a product that I hadn't tested extensively first, you know, um, in those early days, I was so enthusiastic. I wanted to get, you know, and I thought every product was the next big thing and I wanted to show everyone and be like, yay. And that now I'm like, I'm much more cautious and, um, you know, test everything and double test it and make sure everything works first. So. I am
0: so glad you brought that up because I see a lot of times on Facebook, people who are taking orders before they even have their machines in their house that's scary
1: right you have to yeah you have to really know like what you're doing before and and practice on your friends and family first so like when you get your machines make them all a mug or a t-shirt or a key ring or whatever and practice all your designs first and, and all of this don't forget is a marketing thing because you take your lovely pictures of all these first ones and they're all your kind of listing pictures and your marketing pictures and all of those kind of things so nothing is ever wasted unless you let it be wasted kind of thing you know you film all your behind the scenes and all of those things um but definitely definitely before you Engaging with your customer, you should be completely sure of what you're doing because that's so important. And once you've messed up, it's very difficult to get a customer back. But if you do it right first time, they will tell all their friends about how wonderfully you've done it. And those, you know, positive things, especially on social media and everything nowadays, uh, your glowing reviews are what you need. So definitely, mm-hmm. definitely make sure you know exactly what you're doing and it's not a difficult thing it's not going to take weeks or months you need a couple of hours of just solid practice and just you know budget for those those first few blank items to be your gifts to friends and family and things like that that's all
0: when you started this business you didn't have a ton of money but yeah eventually you you had to get equipment so yeah. how did you go about making those decisions to make an investment
1: um, it was all done organically. So I'll be honest with you, like, for, so for instance, to go and do the TV show, I obviously had to produce product, right? I had all my designs, which I'd done myself. That was just my time. That was fine. But I had to put them all onto CDs. And I think it was something like $900 ish, $1,000 ish that I had to suddenly come up with um, to produce this product. And I managed to negotiate with the the TV channel for them to give me half of it up front. They obviously didn't know if they were going to sell and I didn't know if they were going to sell, but they were confident enough and I was confident enough that they paid me half up front. And they don't do that very often. So I was very pleased about that. And then I thought to myself, well, I still need the other half. So what do I do? And what I'd done was I made some of the designs um, just black and white outlines. So I took the colour out of them. So they were colouring elements to it. And then I went to a marker pen company that were big in the UK at the time. And I said to them, I will feature your marker pens on my live TV show if you pay me so $500. And I want a free set of pens because I couldn't afford the pens either. So they sent me a free set of pens and paid me $500. And that was my show. So I got that's how I got my money. Everything is a negotiation.
0: You're blowing me away. Everything <laughs> that you say, absolutely... You you truly made like lemonade out of lemons. You found any way possible to make this business a reality. It is incredible. Hundred percent. I hope people listening to this realize that if you want it badly enough, there are ways that you can make it happen.
1: Yeah, it's just about being. You know, we're all creative people, right? To be in this kind of business, you have to be a creative person. So think creatively, you don't have to do things the way everyone else does them. Make your business fit you, make your success fit you. It should be. It should fit with your life. Don't, you know, who says you have to work nine to five or you have to work in a certain way? Make it fit your life and make yourself happy. That's the key to it all.
0: Amazing, Sarah, I'm gonna ask you, I don't know if you have anything left in you to give, but is there any other advice that maybe you haven't talked about yet that you have for people looking, looking to start a business specifically in sublimation. I have no idea how you can come up with anything else, but I'll ask you if you can,
1: (laughs) (laughs) um, I would say do your research plan, plan. I can't stress enough how much you need to plan and, you know, work through those steps, make sure that you know exactly what you're doing, that you communicate that to your customer, that you take great photos and, um. Just that you're doing something you're excited about. So don't just create any product. Create something you're excited about because then you're going to be able to engage your customer that much more and get them excited about it too. And above all else, just give it a go. Just do it.
0: Amazing. Sarah, I'm going to give you a second to tell everybody where they can find you online, what your website is, so people can can follow you.
1: Okay. So you can find me at sarahurley.com. You can find me on Instagram at Scary Hurley, and you can find me on Facebook by searching Sarah Hurley as well.
0: And so everyone knows that's S-A-R-A-H and H-U-R-L-E-Y.
1: That's right, yeah.
0: All right, Sarah, thank you so much for joining us. I cannot wait to see your designs in Creative Studio. A reminder that if you want access to Sarah's Uh, unique one-of-a-kind designs that are being put into Creative Studio. You have to be a premium member. Sarah, again, thank you. If you or anybody else would like to be featured on the podcast, you can send us an email at marketing at sawgrassinc.com. That is marketing at sawgrassink.com. Thank you all so much for tuning in and we'll see you next time. Bye!